We're back. We're back. Top of the podcast to ya. It's the distraction. I'm Drew. That's Roth, my good Irish friend, David O. Roth. How you doing, Rothy lad? I uh, I did not prepare my accent. This is like those dreams where you show up in school and you're naked on exam day, except for I, I don't remember how to talk like a leprechaun. How <laughs> embarrassing for us both. You're not wearing green. I can pinch you. That's like a tradition. You're allowed to actually physically harass people by pinching them if they're not wearing green. A yeah, fine Irish tradition, I see. I'm looking forward to hitting these streets later and picking up some pinchies. <laughs> I'm excited to see some, like... I know this guy. This is gonna post after St. Patrick's Day is over, but like, I'm ready for one last round of no mask shaming of people. Like, there's gonna be there's gonna be photos of people like packed into bars in like an extreme, like definitely in Boston, but definitely in like non-Irish towns. Like, of you know, people being like, oh, oh, it's St. Patrick's Day. I couldn't. I'm not gonna let the <laughs> pandemic get in the way of me. Barfing into a pile of sawdust at 3 a.m. <laughs> you let the virus win, and you're yeah. not like screaming in the face of your homie while a Dropkick Murphy's song plays. Yeah, like, are you even still free at that point? Yeah, you're not. You're not. But uh, but to that end, it's we'll skip over the St. Patrick's Day garbage because it's time for March Madness. That means Roth. That mm. means you know what time it is. That time of year again. It's time for. The Hater's Guide to March Madness. Hater's Guide wow, March Madness. I didn't know if you'd be able to hit that note or not, but you were right on top of it. <laughs> I was. I was right on key. And our guest this week, to help Roth and I navigate the landscape of college basketball, men's and women's brasket, brackets, it's the factor's own Maitri Anantharaman. Maitri, Hi. hello. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for thanks for coming. We're gonna need more help this year. Ordinarily, I can fake it, at least on the men's bracket. This year, I've watched I would say a grand total of less basketball than exists in the Snyder Cut running. <laughs> I just watched the Snyder Cut yesterday, so I can tell you that that would be a lot of basketball, even if you watched less than the <laughs> Snyder Cut. Yeah. The colors are a little more uh, like normal seeming <laughs> and less saturated. I think there's probably less rain, but yeah, I've seen. At less of Cade Cunningham than you saw of Cyborg. <laughs> There's a lot of Cyborg. Cyborg is shockingly, shockingly good. But look, I'm not going to get into that. I'm, got, I'm getting sidetracked. All right, my three. We have to break down these brackets, and we have to do it very, very quickly because there's so much hate, and there are so many teams. So we have to start with the women's bracket. We need a breakdown from you of the women's bracket. I'm going to go through uh, the regions. There, The regions this time... Okay, so... It's just like um, it's just like the men's bracket, where the men's bracket this year, because of the pandemic, is being played entirely in Indianapolis. The women's bracket is being played entirely in San Antonio. To that end, there are four San Antonio-themed brackets to the women's tournament. The Alamo region, the Hemisphere region, the Mercado region, and the Riverwalk region. Which of these regions suits you best, my three? Um. Well, I, I wrote yesterday about the Riverwalk region, um, which is is an insane region basketball-wise, and I think is going to be the most fun one um, because it seems like every conceivable um, debate or argument that you could have in women's basketball this year is going to be litigated um, mostly in that region. Um, it's it's the Yukon region. So that always draws some haters. Um, and then you also have a very good two seed in Baylor, which could could um, probably go all the way. Um, Tennessee is there. They don't like UConn. Tennessee and UConn not getting along yeah. in basketball? It's, mm. you, hear, you hear it sometimes. <laughs> what, was, what blew me away about that region, I mean, I enjoyed your blog on it, and there's obviously there's even more other stuff going on there, including uh, it seems like, a redo of the Florida Gulf Coast team that was like way underseeded and went to the, I guess, the Sweet 16 in the men's bracket a few years ago. Yeah. That like it seems like the women's team is getting the same treatment this year. Yes, and they're they're um, angry about it. A general a general theme is is everyone feels disrespected. I was just shocked <laughs> by the fact that they got all of like this again. I'm a bit of a, a cretin when it comes to women's basketball. Like I I do try to watch the games during March. I don't watch a lot going into it. And so like in this case, like seeing that Baylor, Tennessee, and UConn were all in the same bracket, I was like, you fools, you've run out of other teams. 
<laughs> like you couldn't possibly fill the other three That's, brackets appropriately. That is the that is the ignoramus uh, it is. thought on the bracket. And I was hoping that maybe both of you could could stunt on me and call me an idiot for having that thought. Well, what I'd like to know from my three is who's the most hateable team in each region. So let's start with the Riverwalk region. Is this UConn team hateable? And all respect to Gino Auriemma, who is uh, still recovering from COVID, but is also kind of a bastard. Who is the most hateable team in this region? Yeah, um, I, I really like the the team itself. Um, I've, I've never been a huge uh, Gino fan and he's he's still up to his like usual uh, shtick of they'll beat like Seton Hall by like sixty points, and then afterward he'll be like, "Oh, he played terribly! Like that was a horrible game." Um, which, Never gets old. Yeah, just I don't know. Be a little, be a little gracious. Um, but as a as a team, it's it's really fun and young, and I, I don't think. Um, I don't think they're going to win it all, um, but like next year and, and down the line, I think they're going to be really great. The most hateable, I'm going to say Baylor. Um, just it's usually a good guess. Yeah, is it yeah. Is there inherent Baylorness, or is there something about this particular Baylor team? Um, inherent Baylorness is is part of it. Um, I would be remiss not to mention Coach Kim Mulkey, who is one uh, terrifying lady. She's uh, she always gets a lot of press for her like very colorful outfits. She wears um, sort of like candy colored uh, pantsuits that that always make for for interesting TV. I think she might be. I'm trying to think. I think she might be only women's college coach who took her team to the to the Trump White House after they won. In, yeah, it's um, a Baylor move. Yeah, yeah. In uh, I guess it was 2019. Uh, there's a there's a funny picture of her. That was that was the year I guess they served like fast food to all the all the champions. So there's this picture of her sort of like peering down her nose suspiciously at at a Whopper or whatever. Yeah, um. <laughs> there's a lot of I did a blog on that for the old site just because it was it was the same thing as the. Uh, the Clemson national championship football team, except for there were like fewer people there. And all of them were just like recording little Instagram videos about how stupid it was. So like everybody there, <laughs> including Kim Mulkey, it did, it did seem was like, this is awful. Why are we doing this? And then like Trump, it was just in pure like grandpa mode where he's like, isn't it unbelievable how tall they let women get these days? <laughs> Look at how tall these women are. They're taller even than many men. And everybody just had to sit there and fucking deal with it. Uh, I will say that these are some colorful outfits Kim is wearing uh, in the Google image. Yeah, they're Dolores great. Dolores Umbridge vibes to they're, her. They're great. Um, they're great outfits. There's always she also had a uh, oh, sorry a, uh, like spot on her her closet tour in, in every tournament. She did have one good moment with Trump, and I want to give her credit for this. Like, obviously, it's a little cheesy, although it's it's very Baylor to like actually just go to the White House no matter what, because that's you know, yeah, as we yeah, said, it's yeah. like an inherent Baylarity. This is not the only time we will encounter it in our haters' guide. And I like that word; it's a good word. Yeah, <laughs> Baylority. But <laughs> she, like, Trump was doing the thing where he's like, maybe when you're done coaching, you could come work at the White House. Would you like that? And she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I gotta give her credit for fucking owning the president to his face, and he was just like, "Oh, okay, like yeah. this person's much meaner than me." That sounds I'm just like gonna her. let it go. Yeah, she. Um, I, I wouldn't say I, I admire her, but but just she sort of inspires um, terror in a way that I find kind of cool. Yeah, that's a type of coach. Yeah, for sure. Also, uh, this UConn team, I believe, has the best player in the tournament. Is that correct, my three? Um. Yeah. I guess. I guess you could say that um though now now That's i don't know page, i'm page buchers it's page yeah, beckers. I'm trying not to say I, it's page beckers um who is see i knew i would get her last name wrong that's why i didn't say her last name yeah is <laughs> a, you, said it was, you said it was panera henderson <laughs> yes is she is she is she uh a likable player page she beckers. is um and and she's a freshman so she gets the sort of bonus of of being being young i can't really hate a freshman um, yeah, I can't either. I like freshmen. I don't hate any freshman players, men or women. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, it's new to them. Oh, they've never played basketball before. It's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like watching a foal learn to walk. Exactly. Yeah. 
Um, and, and she's just a ton of fun to watch. Um, I feel like part of, of the work of being a college basketball player is um, the myth-making and, and kind of building your own legend, and, and she's very good at doing that. She's had some crazy shots in, in, the, in the big regular season games they played against uh, Tennessee and South Carolina, and, and she's just a ton of um, fun to watch. And, and if she like, continues to get better, that's going to be insane. Um, and you know, the thing about women's college ball is like, usually you're not leaving early for, for the draft, so they're going to be no. like, multiple years of her in right. college. <laughs> right. UConn is 24-1, and one, and with Beckers in tow, that'll probably be their only loss for like, the next four years, possibly. The woman that I just want to give a special note to the woman that you highlighted from Iowa in your blog, I guess is Caitlin Clark. Caitlin is her Clark. Name? Yes. Just like the highlights there. She hits like Dame Lillard threes. It seems like with a lot of like, not just like regularity, but like a similar sort of casualness. Exactly. I like, are, is that team just like not really as good? That seems like somebody that should not be on a five seed. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's they they had a pretty good run at, at the Big Ten tournament and um, she she I think has to do a little bit more work than than Paige does. Um, the UConn team is is pretty young, but um, but it's it's I think a, a better uh, supporting cast than than Caitlin Clark's. Um, but she's extremely fun. All right, let's go to the Mercado region. Who's the most hateable team in that region? With the top seed NC State, the second seed is Texas A and M. Oh, um, most hateable team in this region. Uh, NC State's uh, kind of a, a, a weird team. I don't. I don't think anyone expected them to be here, and and they're sort of um, rude about it. Um, oh, I'm like, are they fun rude? Like Carolina Hurricanes rude, or are they like obnoxious and annoying? Um, a little, a little obnoxious. I I think. That's that's um, that's what I'll say. Another um, the the two seed is is pretty good. Texas A and M, um, they're just great defensively and and had a really good finish to the season. Um, I'm realizing it. I don't hate many women's college basketball teams, and so the entire conceit of this podcast is sort of falling apart. All this right. Wow! Thanks just, a lot, my yeah, three. Just, all right, should I we will, just end it now? No, no, I'll go. I'll go ahead and do it. I'll say it. Go ahead. Hate Rutgers. Go ahead. Make fun. Yeah, do yeah. Rutgers is right there. You can get on. You can we trash put mozzarella Rutgers. sticks on sandwiches in New Brunswick. You know, <laughs> disgusting. Went, Rutgers went fourteen and four. Rutgers which is has like, a, a terrific women's program. Um, it's it's coached by. Sorry again for, for the positivity. Yeah, it's coached by uh, Viv Stringer, who's, who's. I swear to God, if you say one more nice thing about Vivian Stringer on this fucking podcast, <laughs> she's one of the greatest um, women's college coaches of of all time. Um, yes, yeah, cool. and um, I think she was um, she was like ill last year and, and had to leave early, so it's um, or had to kind of step back from from working um so i'm i'm glad that she was able to to come back well, i'm a really bad haters guide to the no it's good. The oh, no no let's uh, let, this is more of a of a lovers yeah it's a lovers yeah. guide it's a lovers guide we're, we're getting nice. the ball rolling we're getting you we're getting you into the hate because that's why we save the men for second because that's why yeah. it becomes so much easier of a task. On this podcast, we respect women. <laughs> that's this right. Pod, this podcast <laughs> is, is an abuse-free. Abuse <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. All right, so then in the Alamo region, Stanford is the one seed. You can hate Stanford for its inherent Stanfordness. You like, can, and North, yeah. Northwestern is also in here. So apologies to Kayla and Kayla, who's on the staff and is a Northwestern grad. But the, I Yeah, can, you know, I'll go I, ahead and I hate this uh, Northwestern team. Ah! They were... They yeah. were um, there were a bunch of teams on the men's and women's side last year that I was sort of heartbroken, didn't get to have a tournament, and the Northwestern women were one of them because they were really good last year. And I thought they could be – they lost a couple good seniors, but I thought they could be as good. And they just – they did not live up to my expectations. For that, I'll, I'll hate them. Um, not some sort of latent Big Ten bias. This is all about you being disappointed. Yes. <laughs> okay. I just ex- I just expected better. I'm not angry. I'm, not- I'm just <laughs> disappointed. I oh, that, I'm you, just you've let down my three. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's just they're just they're my children. This team. Yeah. And I'm not I'm not mad at them. It's just they were out late, 
and they really shouldn't have been. And I wish they had just called. That's all. You want to go uh, through look, life as a seven seed? That's fine. That's <laughs> let's fine. go that. Let's go to the hemisphere. Uh, hemisphere region, which reminds me of Hemisphere Arena. There must there must be more than one hemisphere in San Antonio. Then I got South Carolina is the the top seed. I'm going to South Carolina two weeks from now, and I keep calling it South Kakalaki. And my wife has told me to stop calling it that because she thinks if I say South Kakalaki while we're in South Carolina. A South Kakalaki native will like shoot me in the face or something like that. <laughs> I mean, is this team any? Uh, is this team likable? Is it as likable as Merlin, the number two seed? Um, I think it's more likable than Maryland, but um, I do I do like Maryland also. Uh, the South Carolina team is just really good defensively. It's coached by um, Don Staley, who's who's impossible to hate. Um, and and uh, had a terrific basketball career herself. Um, yes, she did. I was kind of heartbroken when she showed up in some of the Jack Easterby stories, and it seemed like she'd fallen for his shit when he was at USC. She was like, he's just a remarkable man. And I was like, Don Staley, this is the first time that I've ever been disappointed by you. <laughs> you have I to do to, better um, than that. I interviewed her for, for a story I did um, about a, a defunct women's basketball league she played in. Um, and so she called me like from her car, basically, and like in the middle, she just started like saying a coffee order, and I was like extremely taken aback. Like I and she had just been going through the the drive through and um, just like didn't tell me what was going on, and was just like <laughs> yelling hazelnut something and i thought <laughs> coaches it, I, are incredible like, man <laughs> i thought she had like short-circuited and I, I, I didn't know what was going on um were you that, worried were you worried she was asking you to get her a coffee <laughs> like i, hey, I, I it, i'm it, not your butler it, it took me a while um yeah we were we were on the phone so i don't i don't know what what she was All saying right. to me That's that is my such thought. coach mentality though I yeah i i respect it like you i, I absolutely do not deserve to be told what's going on in this situation and i talked to eric musselman once years ago and i remember it was it was like 5 45 a.m his time so it was like early enough my time on the east coast that i was like a little annoyed that i had to do a call then and oh, it became, I you were more than a little annoyed it became <laughs> it became clear during the course of the the conversation that he was most definitely on a treadmill while we were talking and i was just like you need to like you need to have like 75% less life in your life. Like this is <laughs> ridiculous that you were doing this. Uh, he but was absolutely grinding are. tape while he was on that treadmill. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Zero. Like I wasn't zero. somehow like, wasn't the only interview he was doing. Like he's fielding two questions at once from different people. All right. My three, you said that UConn may not be the best team in this uh, bracket. Who's the best team? Who's going to win the national championship on the women's side? Yeah, it's an interesting year. I'm usually like watching with um, with an eye toward the WNBA draft, but like overall, the consensus seems to be that it's it's kind of a, a weaker draft year, and it's um, like the number one overall pick has already been traded twice. If that's like any indication of wow. of how much it's it's valued, not because the players are are like really bad, but it's just there's no like one superstar or anything. And just looking at this bracket, like I wouldn't be surprised if if a lot of two seeds were in the final four. I guess I'll, with a with a resigned sigh, I will say I think Baylor will win it all. Oh, oh, like a like a reluctant underdog pick for you. Yeah, I, I, shock, I think but... I think they're probably the best two seed of of all oh. of these. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll go with Baylor. Who is the least likable player in the entire bracket? Just an individual player. And that'd be a team. Is there one player you watch and you're like, oh, piece of shit. <laughs> Always with the elbows. Just the woman respecter in me um, can't yeah, think of, don't. of anyone. Can't fair, fair, fair enough. I'm not going to make it. I'm not going to make it. Do you think do that it. Kim Mulkey would sass Joe Biden if she went to the White House? Absolutely. Yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> He'd be like, terrific. What a firecracker. <laughs> Let's take a break and come back and do the men's bracket. We'll be right back. And we're back. We're back to do the men's bracket. Are you ready, my three? I yep. am. Now, now you must be fully armed and hating. Now I'll and I'm hate. not gonna, And I'm not going to put you on the spot because this time I can find excuses to hate of my own with this bracket. Okay. Because, all right, so we've got, we've got, uh, 
there's there are a few things you need to know about, or our audience needs to know about this year's bracket. The tournament does not start until Friday. It does not start until it usually start the first round usually starts on Thursday, and I'm not counting the first four because fuck the first four. I don't yeah. give a fuck about <laughs> the first four. Let's not the get regular, started the, on the first four. Yeah, the regular ass good like bukkake of games, <laughs> uh, like that fuselage begins on Friday and that goes through till Monday. All right, so we got four brackets. You got your four top seeds. We have undefeated Gonzaga, who will disappoint in some way. We have Baylor again. We have again with Baylor. They're a top yeah. seed again with uh, the Baylor in the South. Illinois uh, is uh, the number one seed in the Midwest Big Ten champion, Illinois. And my three's favorite, the Michigan Wolverines are the number one seed in the East, despite not winning uh, the Big Ten tournament. So I want to go through each bracket and figure out the most hateable team from each part, from each region of the bracket. So we're going to start in the West. We have Gonzaga going against Norfolk State or Appalachian State. Is Gonzaga more hateable than either of those two, my three? Yeah, the the Michigan Wolverine in me wants to to advance App State, but um, yeah, I, I think what you said about um, Gonzaga, I'm just sort of stealing myself to be disappointed by them, um, and and that makes them kind of hateable. I also so feel like you, Mark Mark didn't Mark Few do some something very irresponsible COVID related. I feel like he was like yeah, he sent he sent the team to one of those uh, early season tournaments like. In South Dakota, at the very peak, <laughs> yes, yeah, and like refused to with even as like basically every other program withdrew. He's like, fine, we will play anyone. Send us anyone. Like, will Evansville come here? We want to beat them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't care for Mark View. Also, I don't like his face. Looks like someone grabbed his chin and pulled it like taffy, and that made his face. <laughs> uh, your eight seed is Oklahoma against um, nine seed Missouri. Two very hateable states going against one another. My three. Is one of those teams more hateable than the other? Are they more hateable than Gonzaga? I don't. I don't know that either is more hateable than than Gonzaga. Oklahoma sort of um, flamed out toward the end, which again is a, a, a not hate, but I'm just disappointed. Um, and but but no, I think I'm I'm going to stick with Gonzaga. Well, good because a classic eight nine matchup too. Where it's like just it like is. two like big conference teams that like only a like a sincere pervert could have any kind of opinion on. <laughs> and one of them always like usually makes like the elite eight or something like that. And it's really annoying when they yeah. do that. Uh, now we're getting to real hateable stuff. We have uh, Creighton is the five seed uh, with their coach who just <laughs> who just tried to fire his team up by telling them they were on a plantation. Uh, against the 12 seed UCSB, so I, I mean Creighton has to advance out of there. Yeah, through, I think correct. I think I'll agree right. with you there. Uh, and they go, they'll go against the more hateable uh, duo of Virginia versus Ohio. And despite the fact that UVA won a title two years ago, I still think of them as the stultifying Wisconsin of the ACC. Uh, but I'm not going to put them ahead of uh, Creighton in terms of hateability. That would give me Creighton versus Gonzaga. Does Creighton's coach? Uh, out disgust you compared to Mark Few. Yes, I think I think I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Creighton there. I, th- Coach, I think that's... Coach Greg McBuckets, even before he made uh, his unfortunate <laughs> analogy too, has always been a guy that I like. His his uh, aesthetic has changed over the years. Like going back to when his kid was with the team and stuff, uh, the sainted Doug McBuckets, but. Uh, he's always had kind of a like mega churchy aspect to him that I haven't appreciated. He's got a I, goatee happening right now that like really um, kind of deserves its own podcast episode. Uh, I should say I should say the comments that Greg McDermott said after a February this is from SI this is after a February twenty seventh loss to Xavier. McDermott said to his team, guys, we need to stick together. These are his quotes. We need both feet in. I need everyone to stay on the plantation. I can't have anybody leave the plantation. I can't imagine why that comment would be taken the wrong way, Coach McDermott. (sighs) Really, really. In the heat of the moment, you can't even think of something like that. That puts him, like Creighton has real Wichita State vibes to me in terms of like they should be like a sassy underdog, but I know that they're probably funded by – some sort of disgusting, <laughs> yeah, like, like oil shell magnate. <laughs> so. Right, they play in like the whatever the like their whole arena is just made out of styrofoam because <laughs> brother demanded that that be the case. Uh, the bottom half of the bracket, we got USC going against which the winner of Wichita State and Drake. Wichita State Drake would be a very good first round game. 
alas, it is in the first four, and so I do not acknowledge its existence. <laughs> uh, who's the more hateable? Is this USC team likable? Yeah, uh, my three. They're actually pretty fun. I um, always find USC basketball more likable than USC football, and I don't know why. I haven't watched as much uh, like Pac-12 basketball as um, I was going to say as I should, but I don't know that there's yeah, like no, a I've, good amount of watching Pac-12 yeah, basketball. I mean, so I could, I could, n- never mind, I take that back. Yeah, that, that I, should could <laughs> distinction has never been a strong suit for me either, and it is. But I think you you've made the right call. Uh, we've got Kansas going against Eastern Washington. Is this Kansas team? Bill Self aside, although actually we can factor in Bill Self plenty, are they uh, are they hateable? Because Kansas, I don't feel like, I feel like this has worn off in recent years. But Kansas used to be a pretty good, reliable pick to get uh, murdered in the first round, like when they were a high seed. I don't think that's quite the case anymore. I just remember them losing like Vermont and shit, and that oh, stuck yeah. with me. But uh, is this team worth rooting for to go deep into the tournament, or are they hateable? My three. No, I think I think they're hateable. Okay. I, I don't mind factoring in Bill Self. Yeah, either. I don't either. All right, well, let's put them in the in the Sweet Sixteen of hateability, and we have the final uh, quadrant of the bracket. Oregon and VCU are going against each other, and then the two seed is Iowa, which reminds me of a guy Jess settles going against Grand Canyon, the fifteenth seed, and I'm going to root for Grand Canyon because they're called Grand Canyon. Who's the most hateable team of that four? My, three. I'm sending Iowa. Canyon. I'm sending Iowa forward. That's yeah. the whole team. Grand Canyon is coached by Dan Marley. I want to get this on the record. It's important <laughs> oh, that people know. Thunder Dan! Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, that's very likable. That might be the least hateable team in the fucking bracket right there. All right, so then who is the most hateable team in the West overall? We got Iowa. We got Bill Self in Kansas. We got Greg McDermott and Creighton. And then we got Gonzaga. Who's, who's, who's the grossest there? Now I'm going to take every opportunity to launder my Big Ten beefs, and I'm putting Iowa, Iowa. Look at you. That's a bunch of, it's a bunch of frauds. Just a, just a head-to-toe fraudulent team. From the moment, you know, from the first Iowa game I watched the season. You don't like uh, Garza's I, heavy eyebrows? I do not like... Oh, I like, the, I like his eyebrows. They're, right, they're very good, nice. Fair. But everything else... <laughs> <laughs> is, there, is there any way that Iowa basketball is more despicable than Iowa football? I don't think it's possible. Ah, no, I, I, I think that's a good question. Um, right. I mean, Kirk Ferentz has been awful for like two decades. They won't fire him. Like every, like every year, it's like, oh, well, it turned out that, you know, like that his players ran a drug smuggling ring and that, oh, half of his, uh, half of his coaches uh, belong to the Proud Boys. Right. But we say, we like, can't fire him. We keep hiring three percenters as our strength and conditioning coach. We're going to look into that. Gonna, we we'll investigate it very strongly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to put, I'm gonna put uh, Creighton into the haters for. Maroth, who do you have? I think that's a, a very reasonable choice. Yeah. They've always been an annoying team, and like in the way that like like this is their year. You know, like for as much as I've appreciated how unlikable. Greg McDermott is over the years past. Like this is he's made the leap. Yeah. By some real, doing the the he's got recency bias. He's got recency bias on his side. Uh in the East, uh here's where I can confess, although I, I think I've made it public before, that I used to be uh a big Michigan fan in football and basketball. And I sort of tailed off uh in the nineties when they won a national championship and really after the Fab Four left. However, uh, John Howard is the head coach of Michigan's basketball team this year and, of course, uh, is a Fab Five alum. And they are now the top seed in the East. And they're going against Mount St. Mary's. The winner of Mount St. Mary's Texas Southern. I'm not going to ask my three. You must recuse yourself, my three. Roth, you have to recuse yourself Mich- if you went there? Mm, uh, That's ridiculous. Let answer. All right. I'm going to let Roth answer. Are you comfortable ascertaining let- their hateableness? I mean, like, yeah, can gonna- you— yeah, can you objectively say mean things about this Michigan team, my three? Um, no. Yeah, ah! so there you go. That's but say. like you're you you have to recuse yourself if you can't be like I I think Moritz I think uh, Franz Wagner's facial hair looks good actually. Like <laughs> you like you're not an objective uh, presence at that point. I, I I feel like she should be able to speak her piece though. It's only fair. All right, so how, how good is his facial hair? One to ten. It's so great. Also, his uh, shoulder <laughs> acne is really stellar. Uh, I, usually when Michigan's highly ranked, I pick him to go to the Final Four. Should I be doing that this year, Maya 3? 
Yeah, I've been kind of、uh, disappointed by how quickly Michigan fans have turned into、uh, into like mopes. We had a you know not super inspiring end to the season because there were a couple、uh, losses and then injury,、um, and everyone's like, "Oh, we'll never get past Saint Bonaventure." Like a week after, <laughs> we were sure. Um, we were sure everyone's gonna win. I I just feel like you know we're supposed to be the fans of the team. We're supposed to, we're the ones who are supposed to like them.、Um, so so I'm I'm still confident. I'm I'm an optimistic normie sports fan, and yes, I'm. You may have been you may have been shielded from what we call the Harbaugh effect. It's yeah, it's it's a kind of psychic difference between the the basketball team and and football team. I think there's like so much. Um, like just the weight of legacy and expectation on the football team, and then the basketball team's just this sort of like, oh yeah, that's、They're、that's a nice thing to have. And so like、yeah. anything they do, that's good. Is just it's just yeah. Michigan basketball has always felt fun, whereas opposed to football team feels like an obligation. Yeah, yeah I think、fun. I was gonna say like aesthetically, the football team plays this like super constipated, nervous style, and like. The basketball. I mean, the team's been great fun this year, but I think they were fun. I mean, they've been like reliably really fun for a decade now, like going back into the the beeline years. And like, I don't know. I've really enjoyed watching them this year. They're probably the team I've seen the most, like them in Illinois. And I think both those teams are great. Well, speaking of compartmentalizing between football and basketball programs, we have number eight、uh, LSU going against number nine St. Bonaventure, and clearly St. Bonaventure is the more likable team. But my three.、Uh, LSU to me is the most despicable sports department, not just in sports right now, but potentially like in history. So, to that end, how much does that effect go bleed over to the basketball team? Yeah, I, I,、um, I don't. I don't really think there's any need to compartmentalize. I think. I think that's fine to. I like to not I like separate. Yeah. Good. Good. All right. So then. Of, in that quadrant, is LSU the most hateable of the bunch? Yeah, I think so. Roth, do you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, good. Because the next quadrant's a layup. We have Colorado. They're the five seed going against the absurd Georgetown Hoyas, who were not favored to win the Big East tournament, and then did. They're the twelve seed, and that's a fantastic underdog story. So long as it's any school but Georgetown.、Yeah. And then you have the four seed Florida State, who I like in basketball but not in football. Going against UNC Greensboro at thirteen, my three. Is there any reason I should not consider Georgetown the most despicable team in this quadrant, if not the entire bracket? Yeah, I was actually really confused when you said it was a layup. I think that's a lovely story. I, oh, I don't think. Again, I think a lover's guide. A lover's guide yes, to the bracket.、Yes. <laughs> you can't hold the lever in you back. You my three is like I know it feels like Brett Kavanaugh went to Georgetown, but he didn't actually. <laughs> All right. So then, who's the most hateable team in the top of the bracket? Hmm. Take your time. Let's let's just say Florida State then. Ooh, why? Is it just because they're Florida State?、You、yeah. That you, we allow that. Yeah. Let's. Yeah. I think. I think that's sort of my my take. I will say that Georgetown has been down enough that I'm more charmed yeah, by them than, than usual this year. I'm like, also I, a、uh, real sucker for alumni coaches, and and so it's it's like I'll I'll always it, root for that. It is nice. It is nice that Ewing out there, and then also he had, <laughs> and then also that he had the beef、uh, with Madison Square Garden.、Yeah. Like James Dolan cannot stop antagonizing. Players that used to play for his franchise. Like, the idea of like a security guy asking Patrick Ewing <laughs> for his ID anywhere is so funny to me too. Like, hey, it's Patrick like, Ewing. He's ten feet tall. How are you not going to know、tall. it's fucking Patrick Ewing? Not to belabor the point, he looks fucking exactly like Patrick Ewing. <laughs> yeah. Like you just have to, you have to take that L and be like, all right, this person doesn't need to show me their lanyard because they're like their basketball career is the whole reason why this arena exists still. All right, so here's a fantastic,、uh, a fascinating bomb of the bracket. We have BYU、uh, and their Mormon sex pajamas. They're going against the winner of Michigan State UCLA. That's a play-in game, and Michigan State I normally would have, and I'm sure my three would agree. I would normally have them as one of the more hateable teams across the entire tournament, but they're in the first four, so I have to consider the first four factor. Then we got Texas as the number three seed, not coached by Rick Barnes this time,、uh, going against Abilene Christian. 
at the 14th seed. Who's the most hateable team in the top of this bracket or in the top of this uh, part of the region? My three. Not even speaking as a as a Michigan fan, I just really dislike the Michigan State team this year. There you go. I've liked there I've you. liked Michigan State teams recently, but just this is just bad vibes all around. Is it is it a is it a team of like like hard nosed bangers like Izzo style? We're like oh oh they play real blue color. There's uh, a guy named Foster a lawyer. If, um, oh! if that's um, any any. Uh, That's right. <laughs> the distinguished family law practice. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Roth, do you uh, do you disagree with my three in any way? Because I'm I'm gonna go ahead. I like ever since uh, the Izzo incident a couple years ago. Ever, whenever I see Izzo's face, I'm genuinely angry and yeah. I've, I've kind of I was never the hugest fan of his, but I've, at this point, like. Just every picture I see of him uh, is funnier and more gnarled than the last. And I'm just sort of like, I don't know how I ever talked myself into not disliking this program. They always had, and I guess they still do, usually they have like some like upper class guard guy who's like six feet tall and went to like a Catholic school in Michigan. And like, I can't be that mad about like whatever Tum Tum Nairn having a moment <laughs> in the tournament. But for the most part, like, yeah, I, like, it's an easy one for me. The only one that I would say is in competition is BYU, uh, just because in general, like, not the, the, I've never been the hugest fan of the program, but they have uh, awful Matt Harms, Matt Harms, who I disliked, I disliked at Purdue five own, years yeah. ago, and is now still, uh, still doing his work, having floppy hair and committing fouls. There's always, like, a, there's various college athletes who feel like they've been in school for six years, and he would be one of them. Yeah, somehow, and it's not like a, like, usually, like, if BYU always has, like, a few 25-year-olds on the team just because of how of missions course. work. Right. This is just a pure, like, transfer portal 23-year-old, like, Dutch dude. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the final, uh, final part of the East bracket uh, is where I have to recuse myself because I have a couple of lapsed interests in here. UConn, who I usually pick because my parents live in Connecticut for so long. And then Maryland, and I've lived in Maryland for, oh, God, 17 years now. So, like, I've sort of adopted Maryland, even though I have nothing to do with them. They go against one another, and then they play the winner of Alabama and Iona. And Iona is a tri-state team, right, Rolf? Yes. Where is Iona? Yeah. Is New on Long Island? No, New Rochelle. Uh, uh, Iona, I've uh, liked Iona as, like, that whole conference is kind of a favorite of mine. I went to their uh, conference tournament in, I think, 2016 when I was with Vice and had a really great time in Albany at the Times Union Center. And uh, that was before (laughs) Rick Pitino took over as the coach of Iona and completely changed. That's why (laughs) Pitino's the coach. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it used to be just like a great conference because like the all the teams are like coached by guys like King Rice was coach of Monmouth. So there's like guys you kind of remember as players. And then uh, the coach at Siena was like the lead assistant for Gary Williams when they won a national championship. It is like a real like flashy recruiter guy. I remember like him having like really shiny buckles on his loafers during a post-game press conference. And then like Patino comes in and just fucking ruins the vibe by looking all like embalmed (laughs) and serious. He does look very old. He used to look so young for a coach and somehow, well, I I know the somehow part of it, but he looked like about (laughs) 90 years and 10. He looks like the version of when Gary Oldman has like a bunch of different guises as Dracula in yes! Stoker's Dracula, but he looks like the one where he has like the honey bun on the back of his head. That's what yeah. Patino looks like. Now. He looks he looks like Mick B- Rick Baker like did put someone in Rick Patino makeup. <laughs> like, yep, for it's him. not right. All right, so then my three. Who is the most despicable team in the East? This is such an interesting corner. Um, I I like when the UConn men's team is good, so I'll I'll eliminate them. But we have Rick Pitino's Iona. We have Alabama, which is coached by um, a guy named Nate Oates, who you may remember. Yes. He was he was asked about, I guess like Duke. Mask wearing, right? He, yeah, it was it was. I don't can't even remember what the question was. Um, oh, he was asked about answer. like Coach K saying maybe they shouldn't play a season, and then he he went on this. Um, he gave us um, what I'll generously call an answer to the question. It was like all the sentences started with like, and not to mention, but like he never said a first thing. Um, it was like. Yeah, it's, it was very like at the end of the and day. And you know what it else? Is what it is and type then, stuff. Yeah, yeah, but like we, we never got the first point. Um, 
I ended up. I, I, can for I read a blog, the headline yeah. on the blog that you wrote? <laughs> yes. So my dear did write a very good blog about this. Uh, Alabama men's basketball coach colon. If COVID's so bad, all these co. I mean, <laughs> I look. Um. <laughs> That's it. That's the whole headline. Yeah, for the uh, blog. Yeah. I think I just transcribed it, and like, yeah. by the thirtieth time I listened to it, I was like, I think I see what he's saying here. Like, he might, he might have a point. <laughs> I know, which is that I is do just like your very brain hazardous dying, job I have. I do like him dumping on Coach K, but I do have a quote from him saying, "Everybody talks about COVID. I'm trying to do my best to keep the mask up. I've already had COVID, so <laughs> technically, I shouldn't have to keep it up. Nobody can get it from me." So I see these other guys, they're masked down the whole game. It's like they have a chin strap on, so they're really worried. Do you think their mask would be up? Uh, oh, no, sorry. No, Coach K was shitting on Oates for saying that. So I, I don't want to align myself with Coach K. But uh, Coach K, but Oates said the, the COVID thing about the mask. So Yeah, I think I that can, Oates gets my, then, and Alabama gets my vote as the most hateable team out of this just because he's, ooh. I think, the first guy I can remember <laughs> – Putting himself on the wrong end of a who's shittier binary with Coach. Yeah. Kid. Yeah. Like yeah, he's that definitely the, the bitchier dude in that in that particular That takes right work. Now. We are just overflowing with basketball knowledge right now. I like having I'm like that I'm looking up things in real time to learn about the teams. <laughs> so that you, the audience, might also learn about them too. It's what we call teaching. <laughs> uh, this is the South. We have the top seed Baylor going against the 16th seed Hartford. Uh, the 8th seed is North Carolina. They're back in it going against Wisconsin. Again, it's another one of those 8-9 matchups, Roth, yep. where it's like, ah, oh, just two teams Mark, with at least 10 programs losses. that are bad. Yeah. yeah. This reminds me of the year North Carolina and Wisconsin both made it to the Final Four as 8 seeds. This was like 20 years ago, and it was like, it's nice when an eight seed makes it in theory because you're like, oh, it's a Cinderella, but it's no, it's North Carolina. It's not yeah. fun at all. So my three, uh, we got Baylor, Hartford, Nor- North Carolina, Wisconsin. Uh, who is your least favorite of that bunch? Uh, probably just Wisconsin, just for for uh, general yes, Wisconsin reasons. Fair enough. Baylor's Fair enough. another. Um, I'm a little disappointed um, team. <laughs> I was I was really high on them. I watched a uh, like Baylor Oklahoma State game where Baylor was like trailing by double digits, and I was I was thinking oh fraud alert, and then they just like really came back, and and I I was a believer. Um, but but yeah, now they have like two of definitely the best players I've seen this year. I do uh, I do get disappointed when a team I really want to be fraudulent turns out not to be. Like, that makes me... Like, you know, when Peyton Manning finally won a championship, like, I was like, oh, well, I can't... I can't shit on for yeah, not winning a championship. Yeah, like, oh, fair, I guess. Horrible. <laughs> horrible. Uh, your five seed is Villanofun, Jay Wright. They're going against uh, 23-1 Winthrop. And the four seed is Purdue. I know my three you're going to have takes about Purdue. Going against North Texas. Uh... I I enjoy Villanova basketball, so I'm not I'm not sure who I should hate out of this foursome, my three. Who should I hate? I actually have to retract my statement that you could not hate a freshman because there is one freshman on Purdue Ooh. who I really dislike, um, the seven foot four Zach Eadie, who just, oh that's just, that's a hateable name. Just the, he's a ne- he's a neo harms. Just the sight of him uh, bothers me. <laughs> It's incredible how Purdue has managed to keep that streak going. Because, like, Harms was that guy for, like, half of a decade there. And then they just found another guy who's even taller and people dislike more. (laughs) You simply must tip your cap. Uh, Your sixth seed is Texas Tech, who went to the final game uh, two years ago. I, uh, I, uh, I tested uh, Christian McCaffrey in Jeopardy uh, for a GQ article, and I had tried to get him to name... Uh, the finalists in the uh, tournament from two years prior, and it was it was Virginia and Texas Tech. He could not do it, and I felt very bad that I stymied him on it. And that is my incredible tale. They go against Utah State, <laughs> and then the other half is Arkansas going against my wife's uh, alma mater, Colgate, who are 14-1, and one, and I have to recuse myself because I'm definitely going to root for Colgate in that game. My three, who's the most hateable team out of that grouping? Um, I'm a Texas Tech respecter so i'll i'll eliminate them yeah i remember in that in that year they went to the championship they played michigan 
And it was just like a horrible game all around. I remember because uh, Kevin Harlan was on the call and it's always funny to like hear a broadcaster in real time have to kind of calibrate his excitement levels to the rhythm of the game. So like, we got to a certain point where someone would just like shoot a layup and he was doing like Kawhi or buzzer beater voice. Basically yeah. it was just, it was so uninteresting. He had no choice. He had, he had to be Kevin Harlan no matter <laughs> yeah, what. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it wasn't living up to, to him. That's really disappointing. So he had the, the he had idea to kind of, of like <laughs> leaving Kevin Harlan kind of bored and like whatever, like just underwhelmed by things is really, that's like, that should be a crime. Yeah, because Kevin Harlan, he busts his ass, and usually when – it's not like Gus Johnson. Usually with Kevin, it's usually fairly earned. And, you know, he does try to, like – you know, he does try to be involved in the game because he wants it to be good. But, you know, if you're failing, yeah, you, you know, he's someone who really wants the game to be good. So if you've disappointed Kevin Harlan, really you've disappointed America. Yeah, yeah exactly. All right, our last grouping in the South, we have uh, Florida against Virginia Tech – and then, of course, my three, the dreaded and disgusting Ohio State Buckeyes. But uh, they're going against Oral Roberts. So kind of a struggle there. Yeah. Kind of a struggle. If you're, if you're being objective, you're not really heart, you know, you're not really heartened by the idea of a 15-seed Oral Roberts winning anything, are you? I will say I, I, I like this Ohio State team and respect Ooh. it. Yeah. Wow. See, I can be objective. Wow. You can. I'm impressed. I'm impressed, but also disappointed. My All I'm hearing there is that she hates Oral Roberts <laughs> uh, and, re- yes. and received biblical truth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Oral Roberts. You, it's uh, Oral Roberts. Like, bracket has Oral Roberts and Liberty in it this year. Two teams you can believe in. Programs that you know are grounded in the fundaments. It really is amazing to me that there's no Jimmy Swaggart University. Like now. <laughs> we missed just it like, by like a year. Yeah, like if he'd held like, on just a little bit longer. I feel like every shitty televangelist from my childhood got their own university, and Jimmy missed out on one somehow, and I don't really know how. All right, who is the most hateable team in the South, my three? Hmm. Let's... No, I'll... And you can say I'll, Wisconsin. It's okay. I'll refrain from... from... Big Ten chat. Let's let's just go with Baylor. Let's go with uh, Baylor. I'll put in Wisconsin for you because I'm, yeah, I'm going to say I'm going to say okay. I'm going to put in Wisconsin myself on your behalf. I won't right? object. Your, I won't object. It's then. your right <laughs> as an American to dislike yes. the way that Wisconsin plays basketball. Yeah, yeah, they're the original Virginia, so you can you can shit on them for that. Uh, all right, then let's go to the Midwest. We got the top seed Illinois, uh, an objectively fun team. Yeah. Going Absolutely. against Drexel, and Dan McQuaid's not on the podcast, so there's no one here to defend Philadelphia. <laughs> and then we have Loyola Chicago uh, and Sister Jean going against uh, Georgia Tech. Uh, do you have any problems with the 100-year-old Sister Jean, my three? Yeah, I have no patience for Sister, for sister <laughs> Jean. Absolutely drag her ass. Sister Jean can go to hell. Hey. Ah, yeah. Ah, now we're talking. I hate uh, the seeding here because I think Loyola Chicago is actually pretty good. I'm basing that on having watched one and a half of their games <laughs> during their conference tournament. They have a big, like, beefy bruiser dude, Cameron Crutwig, who, like, kind of just looks like one of the, like, the super fans, like Bill Swirsky super fans guys, but is actually good. Like, it sucks that they're going to, you know, either have to beat a likable Illinois team or lose to a likable Illinois team. Yeah, I would have liked to have seen them elsewhere where they could have beaten uh, teams that I would have wanted them to beat. Maybe they'll beat Illinois. You don't Maybe know. Maybe they will. You don't know. You got play Not until games. you see my shitty bracket will you know. <laughs> uh, your, uh, your five seed is Tennessee. I hate Tennessee basketball and I never think they're worth a shit. Going against Oregon State and then Oklahoma State is taking on Liberty. And as much as I hate Liberty, I think I'm going to put Tennessee as the most annoying team in the top of the bracket. I just... I have a fundamental, instinctive repulsion toward Tennessee basketball. My three. What about you? Who do you hate in the top half of the bracket? Um, yeah, I, I, I can't really put anyone above Liberty. Tennessee is a good um, all-disappointment team, though. They, yeah. they had, a, had a hot start and then, and then kind of flamed out. Um, have, they, have they ever made a Final Four in basketball? I feel like they have not. In or if they men's did, it was basketball? Back. Yeah, men's. I, I apologize. Yes, I apologize. Men's basketball. 
I don't believe that they've done it recently. They were, you know, like they managed to be like scuzzy during the Bruce Pearl years and competitive during the Bruce Pearl years, but not, uh, I think, quite at that level. I, it, I will agree uh, with my three that it's very difficult to put anybody above Liberty, no matter what you feel about like a given SEC program or whatever. It is not like a hedge fund run by the fail kid of a bad <laughs> televangelist. <laughs> Uh, I'm just going through. They have never, ever made uh, the Final Four Tennessee men's team. So I don't like it when people talk up Tennessee basketball, and I get very, very fed up with it. Hey, uh, let's go to the bottom half of the bracket because we have more to hate here. Uh, we have San Diego State. They're the sixth seed. They're going against Jim Beheim in Syracuse, and Jim Beheim has made a total ass of himself this year, and that is factoring in all the assery he has conducted and over the past decades of his career, he's been a total dick this year. And I, I almost think that this is now the most hateable team in the entire bracket. My three, what do you think? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I won't argue, uh, argue with that. I'm just I sick of him, like, man. <laughs> like, I don't like looking at his little pinchy, angry face anymore. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't looks he like, supposed to retire like five years ago? He just he looks like he looks like an angry pissy clerk in an Orson Welles film from like 1946 and I don't care for it. And he acts that way too. I know we're we're zooming through this part of it, but I want to just briefly mention uh number 7 Clemson against number 10 Rutgers. No less Ruckus. than a battle between good and evil. <laughs> yeah. No, I I I I'm I, I like this Rutgers Ru- team a lot. I know, I like them too. What they're a fun bunch. Yeah, and they're like they're exactly as good as they could be. You know, like, which is the type of team that I admire the most. Like, there's not, like, a ton of future NBA, you know, prospects in there necessarily. But, like, it is, like, a team that plays super hard, like, was recruited to the absolute maximum capacities of what a program like Rutgers could get. And, like, they're going to make it possible for there to be good teams there in the future. And they haven't well, played in the NCAA tournament in 30 fucking years. Weren't they, weren't they supposed to go to the tournament last year before, yes. obviously? Yeah, probably. It's like they were having a really good season a year ago. Correct? Yeah, it was similar to this year. Like, it was the sort of thing where, like, they should have uh, gone, but it was by no means a foregone conclusion. And then they beat, I guess, Maryland in the NCAA tournament, in the, NCAA, the Big Ten tournament. And then, uh, they pulled, and then they pulled the plug on the, on the year, like, instantly. After. I always oh, like well, when a, a men's team can, like, finally live up to the women's team. Yeah, and, that's been uh, – so yeah. that's something that <laughs> – it has not been the case in New Jersey to my experience, but I do remember uh, Kate went to graduate school in Connecticut and I remember being in like liquor stores or just like delis and hearing people making small talk about the UConn women's team, like just like two guys would be like, do you watch the girls last night? Yeah, they look great. And like, I had never heard that before. And like for the longest time, like the like Rutgers women's team was not just the only like good basketball program at that school they were the only good team in the state of new jersey <laughs> yeah at any year. level of any sport <laughs> yes and yet they still were never really as respected as they should have been uh what about this houston cougars team that's the number two seed in my three should i have any how should i feel about them emotionally i actually haven't watched this houston team but i hear very good things about it um oh, and, and so i will i will nice. take people's word on it on it being very fun um, all right. Well, and so for that reason, we'll we'll hate Cleveland State more. All right. Who's your least favorite team in the entire bracket? Then mine is Syracuse. I'm picking Syracuse because I'm sick of Bayhon. <laughs> I'm sick of PTI. The two PTI hosts treating him like a fucking god when he's when he hasn't won dick in like 20 years. I don't think you actually let me allow them um, at advance over Creighton, but I think it's Iowa. Ah, all right. That's fair. Roth. The, like the most unlikable team in the entire thing, or Alabama. I realize yeah, we'd skipped ahead Alabama. to that. The whole damn thing. Give me the whole thing. Wow. Okay. Um, We're just going right for it. Is it cheating to just say Liberty? Like I just am repelled no. by that program and that school in every possible way. Well, we have been we have been completely uninformed for fifty four minutes. There is absolutely no problem with you taking a dump yeah, on cool. Liberty. I, I definitely know a lot of reasons to dislike Liberty. I have not watched their basketball team this year, so I apologize to the Flames. And all the members of that program. But, uh, hey, uh, my three, it's time to play Dead or Cancel. You want to play some Dead or Cancel? I'd love three. to play some Dead or Cancel. Oh, okay, good. You know the rules. They're dead or they're canceled. If they're both, dead takes precedence. Got it? Okay. All right, dead or canceled. Bob Knight, he's dead or canceled. <laughs> Bob Knight is canceled? 
He's yeah. canceled. Yes, he's not dead yet. One day. I was, one day I was we'll psyching myself out there. Okay. Yeah, he's gonna. He's one of those dudes that's gonna live to be like a hundred and six. Yeah, though. the Kissinger gene. Yep. He was <laughs> tough. He might get another job. Like at some point, like there might be like an Alaska school that's like, you know what? We need some name brand recognition. Let's get Bob Knight in here. He's there's a, with these boys. There's an shit. opening. Uh, I still think of Texas Tech as a school I dislike because of because its association of him. with him. Yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, your guy of the week, in honor of Duke not being in the tourney or the men's tourney this year, is Cherokee Parks. Remember Cherokee Parks, my three. I don't. I don't remember Cherokee Parks, but I. I know of him in a context that's pretty unflattering to Cherokee Parks. Like my favorite childhood NBA players were um, Jerry Stackhouse and Rasheed Wallace because they were they were Pistons not at the same time, but they were at UNC at the same time. And I've I've gone back yes, and watched um, I've watched like a lot of their old college games, and like in all of their highlight reels, Cherokee Parks is on the receiving end of some humiliation. <laughs> Vicious serving. Yeah. That's great. He uh, also, great. his aesthetic flip from college to the NBA was really, like, remarkable and I guess, like, worthy of praise that he went from being, like, this, like, floppy, oh, he was literally the guy that replaced Christian Leitner at Duke. So this, like, floppy-haired preppy dude. And then, like, after a few years with the Clippers, he was just, like, covered in tattoos and looked like a shitty bouncer. <laughs> And like it was, his sister was like a like a I guess like a scuzz rock. Like I don't know what genre you would put the band Nashville Pussy in, but his sister was like oh, a like Nashville that. Pussy. They're yeah, so they're like Pass just like they're just like secretly like a family of dirtbags that like briefly were like disguised enough as preppies to get a kid into the center at Duke so he could get dunked on by Jerry Stackhouse. Duke had a run like uh, you know for like twenty years where they they always had a a doofy annoying guy at center yeah. who flopped a lot, whose job was to flop. And Cherokee Parks was one of the progenitors of that sort of ongoing project. Do you want to answer a fun bag question, Maya 3? Sure. Let's do it. Ah, that's from Kevin. This is the only one we have time for this week. Uh, who's the worst game show host ever? Pat Sajak legitimately hasn't had any emotions for over a decade, and he looks totally miserable hosting Wheel now. Steve Harvey's family feud stick is stale, and the Jane Lynch Weakest Link reboot is absolutely awful. I haven't watched that. So there are a lot to choose from. My three, who's the worst game show host ever? You can't be, you can't be a lover this time. You, have, you can't be like, well... Yeah, it's hard for me to separate host from show. I don't know that anyone, anyone would be great hosting a Weakest Link reboot. I guess I'll this go with um, Jeff Foxworthy on Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader, oh, which is just a, a great, wow. thoroughly despicable show. That's a fantastic pull. What yeah, a great just pull. kind of like youth pastor aging out of his prime vibes there. Not remotely what you would want. Mine is, uh, mine is Drew Carey, uh, my almost namesake, uh, because uh, The Price of Right is a great game show, and he clearly took that hosting job Clearly, so he just had a cushy day job and didn't have to do anything else for the rest of his life. And he very much acts like the part, like when he does that. Is he, wait, so he's bad at it? I feel like he, that's something he would do well. He does not give a rat's ass about the show at all. Like, does not, does not. I mean, look, have you watched it with him? No, of course not. He doesn't have the, doesn't have the same spader neutered energy that Bob Barker used to bring yeah, in the proceedings. Yeah, he really so. would put a lot of pizzazz. Does he use a skinny mic, too? I don't know if he uses the skinny mic anymore. I feel like he shouldn't be allowed to use the skinny yeah, mic. Yeah, I mean, only one, only Bob should be allowed to use the skinny mic. Yeah. I feel, answer-wise for this, like, the first thought I had was Chuck Woolery because he's such a, like, just a terrible person, it seems like But he's like a good now. game show host, though. Terrific game show host. You got to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. But, like, whatever it is that makes him think that he knows the truth about COVID-19. Right. Uh, like, it didn't stop him from being, like, a sort of a smirky, horny presence on uh, various different dating shows for a long, a long period. Yeah, Love Connection was a good show, and he was also he was the host of Scrabble, the game show, and whose rules I never understood. He was a perfectly good host. The game show itself sucked. So that's yeah, so my. I, I guess like Sajak is another guy where like it's easier to separate the art from the artist because that's another guy that like is convinced that he's like cracked the code on wearing masks being a scam. Right. Like, he was been writing a column for like one of those sites like Town Hall or like one of those sort of like 
reactionary sites that still looks like a like a 2004 like angel fire page <laughs> and he uh so he's been doing that like his politics are kind of a, a matter of public record and yet also i don't like him you know like with woolery you kind of got to tip your cap and just but like sajak yeah just kind of like a sort of weird smug california seaman guy it seems hard to innovate in the in the game show space i, I yes um my my little brother was like trying to explain some LeBron James produced a game show to me and the rules were like linear algebra. I just had no idea what <laughs> yeah. he was talking about. Yeah, it is weird that like all the best ideas, like this is like a moment like the country's flat on its back, like it's the 1970s stagflation, everything sucks. But that's like when they invented Plinko, like in our <laughs> darkest hour, <laughs> they were able to find like the essential game show truths. We do these uh, things not because they are easy. But yes. Brandon Dix is our producer and engineer. Daisy Rosario is our executive producer. Our theme song is by Kirk Hamilton. You can listen to ad-free episodes of The Distraction only on Stitcher Premium. And thanks to us, you can get a free month of Stitcher Premium right now. Just go to stitcherpremium.com and use the promo code DISTRACT. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever it is that you listen. And go subscribe to Defector.com right now. And my three, thank you so much for joining us for another fantastic haters guide full of ignorance and false starts and general rancor towards the schools and states in general very very fun did you have fun yes and full of love for I was women say, like a, a notably <laughs> posy uh, entry into the hate sorry canon no, no it's good no, we like no. it we love it we love it we'll see you guys next week bye bye